All right. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Grace. How are you, Grace? I am wonderful. How are you, Joe? I'm doing very well. So right before we filmed this, rather shot this podcast with our voices, we just watched a presentation that you'd made. Would you like to kind of highlight that story? So I didn't make you sit through the whole presentation, Mm -hmm. but really midday, I just decided I wanted to give the team kind of a break from staring at the computer and to kind of step in and show the team what I've been working on. And I just finished a presentation that, in my opinion, is absolutely hilarious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nick, my husband, thinks I <laughs> lost my darn mind. I did hear him laughing in your office, though. He was laughing, but he's he said that he can't be in the room when I present. <laughs> there is something to be said, though, about watching someone that you care for present something that is out there. It's There's a German word. It's like frisch memory. <laughs> That's but what it all means the German words to be like. embarrassed for someone else. That's what Nick does. He yeah. feels embarrassed for me when I don't feel embarrassed <laughs> at all. And he's like, I can't be in the room when you present this because it's off the wall. Mm. Like this presentation that I just made is hilarious. It's mm. my voice disguised yeah, the, as different dentists. It's uh, not like the scream voice, but it's kind of like if you remember when they sold those devices that would allow females to pick up a phone and pretend like they were like, oh, oh yeah, like, it's hey, creepy. what's up, man? Yeah, yeah. it's creepy. It's so. creepy. One of them's really creepy. <laughs> you could kind of tell that it's my voice, mm. which makes it really funny. I think that's what adds to it. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'm just kind of drawing from real experiences mm. with clients and situations that have happened and ways that we've helped people and I'm giving pretend testimonials that fit the theme of my presentation and you know what the most important thing in presenting is that you're enjoying yourself sure you're helping your audience and that you're having a good time because life's too short yeah when I took uh that's true when I took a speech class in college they made a lot of points why you shouldn't be nervous. And the number one point was the audience is rooting for you. They want you to do a good job. So as long as you're enjoying yourself, they're going to come along for that That's journey. a lie. You think that's true? You I think, think people, that's a lie. Really? I think people sit there, some of them. So I think there's like 20% of people that are sitting in the audience, mm. like looking to catch you on something. Really? Like they're kind of rooting for you, but they're also judging you. Okay. So, but well, you see, have yeah. to not care what they think because it doesn't matter. Do you, you have know? any tricks that I help you present uh, that make you feel more comfortable? Well, first I want to talk about why it's important to be comfortable presenting as a dentist okay. or as a dental team. Because there's, one, it's very important that you can connect to people. And that when you are talking, you're doing it in a way that they can relate to you and that they can truly hear you, that they trust you. So, I mean, for me, if I owned a dental team, just like our team here, we're going to go on a retreat in the fall. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn different communication skills. That's something that every dental team should do. Because, again, you're presenting treatment. You're presenting solutions for people. You need to enjoy your job. You need to have those verbal skills. Um, but at the same time, you need to do it in a way that you're enjoying it and the person you're talking to is understanding and and um, open to what it is that you're sharing with them. So anyone in a client or patient-facing role should have some level of comfortability and even training on presentation skills. Yes, and comfortability is a, is a word. Yeah, it's the second we time learned. I've used it. Yeah, yes, yeah. it is a word. I was wrong. <laughs> so how would you implement yeah. those kind of strategies? Let's say you have a hygienist or an associate dentist who's really good technically, but they're uncomfortable with the an upsell or a presentation or explaining treatment. See, a lot of dentists think that they shouldn't have to present anything. Like they think, well, I'm not going to talk about money. I'm not. I'm just going to go in and tell them what they need and be done with it. But the doctors that I've met that are the most successful financially and with their teams 
are very good speakers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can kind of draw that line and say, I'm the doctor, I shouldn't have to sell or convince or communicate persuasively. Or you can say, I'm going to be the absolute best version of myself. And if a patient looks you dead in the eye and says, Doc, what is this going to cost me? Really, just tell me. You know, and you don't have anything to say back to them, even if you don't want to quote fees. You need to confidently know what you're going to say. It's important. Yeah. What was your question? Well, I I think to kind of further your point, Grace, when I, the last dentist I went to, was a good speaker and he made me feel comfortable. The, the hygienist kind of prepped me for what probably was going to be wrong, but just viewing the dentist as that final as- expert is what really sold me on the treatment plan that they, they put forth for me. So confidence. Yeah. So if the doctor came in and said, it kind of looks like you might have a little something going on with tooth number three. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little issue um, in the mesial. <laughs> You'd be like, what? Yeah, I'd be like, I'm probably not going to go? get this cavity filled. Yeah, yeah, like, thanks for the cleaning, 50 bucks later, which is a good deal, by the way. 50 bucks? I'm a huge new patient special fanatic. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. We just lost so many listeners. <laughs> Don't You're judge the worst. Me. <laughs> you are the worst patient. Okay, but in all reality, so it's like, you know, they'll say, well, getting your cleanings periodically is like an oil change for your car. You have to do this to maintain it. If you don't, you're going to have much worse problems. People kind of relate to that. They understand it. So a lot of the really successful doctors have ways to make these analogies. That's the word I was looking for. These analogies that help the patient understand what they're talking about. Mm. You know, so I speak in analogies. It's like my second language. It's helpful, especially when you're talking about something that's Mm. out of someone's wheelhouse, which I think dentistry for like 95% of people is other than cleaning here or there. A good chunk of the people I know don't even get their teeth cleaned regularly, which is pretty gross. That's unfortunate. Yeah. But so anyways, we're talking about presenting. And so what kind of training can, like, how can they, a dentist who needs to learn this or their staff who needs to learn this? Because even like a front office manager or an office attendant is going to need presentation skills. So there's three ways to do it. The first is to build it into your regular meetings. So you, every month or every other week, you have a verbal skill that you teach your team and that you implement. The other way is to plan a retreat or something like a long weekend every, I don't know, twice a year, once a year, where you tackle some of these difficult patient questions, how you want people to respond to these questions, how you want people to present solutions and things like that. And then you just quiz the team and you do it kind of in front of everybody, but in a super comfortable atmosphere Mm. where the team can get very comfortable having these types of conversations with patients Um, and the third of course is to bring in an expert someone who can come in evaluate and kind of take some time to observe your team and figure out where they're at because some people are going to be much further ahead than other people just by their natural personality or just experience because obviously you can get good at anything something like this you can get good at by just practicing absolutely and any personality type can improve their communication skills. So even if you're painfully shy, if you really want to be someone who can interface with patients and with team members, and you can work on these. You can hone these skills, no problem. You just need the ability to have people that you trust. And, <clears throat> you know, we think about trust. When you think about trust, Joe, what do you think about? Uh, I think I think about, like, loyalty and, like, knowing someone has my best interest. 
Yeah. And I honesty, mean, obviously. Honesty. Huge. I yeah. think I think in people's mind, trust and telling the truth, like the actual factual truth, mm-hmm. are the same thing. Yes. Um, I'm reading this book called, well, I just finished this book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And one of them is not having trust in your team. And when I first started listening to the book and when I got further on, I'm like, oh, my team, we all trust each other. Like, we're really honest people. We are very honest people. But I recognized that there was still room to grow in trust beyond being an honest person. Hmm. Like, trust is built when you know that your team is able to make the decisions that you would make even when you're not there, you know? It's so much more than just being honest. It's like knowing that um, people are fully dedicated to the greater good of your business, not just their own particular role, Mm -hmm. you know? So that kind of trust aspect is so much bigger than just being honest. And that plays a big role too. And it's developed through open communication. And there's also an element of vulnerability that has to be necessary in order for a real trust to be established. So if you ever have a relationship with someone where they'll never open up, they'll never have a bad day, they'll never share emotion with you because they're just trying to put on this like yeah, that's tough. What's the word? Um, it's like a facade. Yeah, They don't want to seem weak, but then you don't feel like you can ever be vulnerable either. Yes. Vulnerability plays a big role in real trust. And so when people are unwilling to admit, I don't know how to use that program, or I'm not comfortable presenting treatment. Mm-hmm. What happens a lot of times in the professional setting is that people would rather pretend like they know how to do something, like they adopt the whole fake it till you make it method. Sure. But what happens is, you can't do that with your team. Then they think you have skills that you don't have and it weakens your trust, like your real, I feel like there needs to be a different word other than trust. Mm -hmm. Like your, I don't know, I'm not sure. You'll have to come up with something To come up with a bigger word. Like maybe another like Like a team trust, team trust. It's a different, it's a business type trust. It's a different kind of trust. Like I trust you 100% Mm -hmm. as my friend, as my employee, you know, and there's this level of business trust that's built over time through communication through vulnerability and and i think actually a business trust is uh, something that builds slower than a a friend trust wouldn't you agree because especially as you're as a business owner you have more writing on it yeah it's like okay so a friend kind of like you can just be like oh we're bros cool Mm. let's hang out let's have a beer and like you build this like relationship based on kind of just being human beings Mm -hmm. and common interests but as a business owner, you're grooming employees and you're teaching them to make those decisions based on the trust that you know that they'll make them in your best interest if you're not there. And that definitely takes a lot more time. It takes more time, but it takes people being willing to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It takes people being just really honest, but also open about where they're at. And once you get to that level with your team, you have the ability to train them on a different level. And I'm not really sure that without hiring an outsider to come in and facilitate that open communication, that you can really get past the first or second layer of trust. Because there are things, Joe, that you or other employees or whatever may feel about me that you're just not comfortable saying to me. Mm -hmm. But if there's an outside expert advisor that's going to have your best interest in mind, they may be able to peel back some layers that I wouldn't. So if somebody's in this position where like, wow, I really wish I could get my team just more on board with selling our services sure, and really just promoting our business and being all in and having that full like quote unquote buy-in to the business a lot of times it has to just do with 
kind of peeling back the layers. And I'm not saying that you like sit barefoot in a circle <laughs> holding Get hands, the guitars, yeah. like crying. Kumbaya. Yeah, no, definitely mm. not that. But just a safe place where you could say, these are my concerns or, or, you know, sometimes, and this happens in a dental team, the team isn't really comfortable with the doctor's treatment plan where someone goes behind the doctor's back and goes, you know, and I, I can give an exact example. Um, they all pulled me aside when I was there, when the doctor wasn't there, this dental team, and said, Grace, she is treatment planning crowns with a light. She's not even treatment planning with x-rays. She's just shining a light on their tooth and saying, I see a crack in there. This tooth needs a crown. So the whole team didn't understand her diagnosis okay. process. And, you know, whether she was right or wrong, whether she was using a light or some other high-tech method, whatever course she was at, that she learned that that was okay, and maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the. I don't know what, what she was using or was. what she was doing. <laughs> yeah, lightsaber, <laughs> yeah, something crazy. Who knows? But the, her whole entire team, at least five people, pulled me aside and said, "We're not going to help her grow because she's not telling people the truth. She's putting crowns on healthy teeth, mm. and the, and I couldn't market her. I couldn't. I couldn't because I didn't." You know, I asked oh, her man, casually like weeks later, I was like, so, you know, tell me about this technology and that technology. I was trying, trying to, to pull like, it, out it out of her, kind of coyly, yeah. but because so many people talked to me about it, I just wasn't comfortable moving forward. The dentists listening right now are like, you cannot diagnose a root canal <laughs> with a light bulb. Like they're like, no. Yeah. And it's like peeling back the layer, I think opening that communication and this team trust is huge because and if you can't you know a lot of people they want to impress their boss they want their boss to like them they want that security so how can you casually say hey i don't think this is right i don't think your method's right and so maybe if you do a facilitator you've done like that you said, with me and i think we have open line of communication which is good and i think you facilitate that here but i know a lot of bosses that don't accept that kind of feedback and i think having this someone who can peel that onion back in a, in a more compassionate way. If you go through your business not really listening to your team, they're not going to respect you and they're not going to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the most critical feedback is the most beneficial, you know. Um, but you got to have that open door policy and you've got to have some time available for people to talk to you openly where they don't fear their job or they don't fear that you're not going to listen. You may explain your perspective but if you have no sales or verbal strategies, you're not even going to be able to get your team on board with what you're doing. Yeah, how do you present your like your viewpoint if you can't even communicate to your teammates? And then how are you going to communicate to your patients or your clients? Yep. And, you know, most of sales is asking the right questions and listening. But when it comes time to present, you've got to know how to present as well. You've got to know what points really matter to your audience. Because if you came to me looking to buy a car, mm -hmm. Um, a sedan and you just said I need to get from point A to point B and I showed you 10 models of bicycles and then motorcycles and then trucks you'd be looking at your watch the whole time when I could just ask if you've thought about what kind of vehicle you need so you literally can just drive right to the point how do you in a presentation atmosphere when you're doing all the speaking drive to that point do you do predefine what your target audience wants 
So you know when I send you stuff back, Joe, like projects, and I'll be like, give me the WWWH? Yeah. It's really knowing the who, what, where, when, why, how before you even start on something. Okay. And so, for instance, if I was to relate this to a dental practice, I would say, you know, maybe this month's goal is to offer more elective whitening so that every patient that, that leaves gets offered a special whitening promotion mm-hmm. offer. Um, you'd want to know why we're doing this, who we're offering it to, what the special is. You'd want to know all of the details and how you're expected. So you're empowering is, the salesman, presenter, communicator with this information so that they're f- basically fully loaded. It's so basic. It's so basic. Literally, anytime you implement anything or you ask someone for anything, grab that piece of paper, write down your W's and an H. And don't do anything. Don't just go up to someone and be like, hey, can you order more of these for me? Mm-hmm. Guess what? You didn't give it a deadline. Yeah. You didn't tell them why you need it. You need it, what, next week, rush order delivery for that case? They didn't read your mind. Sure. They don't know, does it have to be this particular brand or another brand? If you just teach yourself to get in the habit of only giving communication, that's who, what, where, when, why, how – and only receiving information that's who, what, where, when, why, how, you'll save yourself a whole lot of trouble. That running around that in circles. circles. I need more info. I need more info. What do I do here? And, and I'm definitely guilty of that, and that's something that I'm getting, getting better at, but a lot of delegation, you assume people are going to know what to do because you know what to do, but you can't assume that, obviously. Mm-hmm. So. And even when we do who, what, where, when, why, how, there's still going to be more questions sometimes. Mm-hmm. But... On the little, even the little things that don't seem like a big deal, I, I promise you, for a dental team that's fast moving, I would just get a pad of paper, just like a little, get it printed from your printer, put www.h yeah. on it, and have, have them. We all have signs in our uh, offices. Yeah, those we all little, have uh, those placards. reminders. Yeah. yeah, but get this on a notepad so that when your team is asking for something, you can give them the whole scope. And even when you're talking to a patient, Go through now. This is your treatment plan. I really think you need to do this as soon as possible because now, see, I'm doing the who, mm-hmm. doing the what, I'm doing the where, when, why, how, and you might want to start with why. Mm-hmm. You know, if we don't move forward on this, what's a cavity now? Which what is decay now could become a root canal, and I just don't want to see that happen. So you're telling them, you know, why they need to do something, when they need to do it, how. You're going to explain what to expect at the appointment, and then let's get started. Next steps. That's another thing. Once you do the who, what, where, when, why, how. Yeah, then always next steps. Always next steps. I find myself asking that so much now ever since working here. When people say stuff to me, I'm like, all right, well, what's the next step? And a lot of times people haven't been trained in that are like, what, what do you mean? I'm like, well, all right, well, what do you want me to do with this information? Like, what's the next step? So I'm I've become like life. obsessed with that. <laughs> no, it's good though because I feel like I'm more prepared and I'm, I always want to like move things to the next level instead of just letting them sit there. One last little tip to leave you with, make sure you have time for your team scheduled, whether it's once a week, once a month. Um, Make sure you have time with that open door where they can come and talk to you about issues, get guidance, talk about what happened with Sally Jones, Mm. you know, because, you know, there's always just things that come up that are not ideal. Yeah. And if you have a set time to discuss the problems, you can very quickly find solutions as a team. Yeah, learn how to, like, what should we do next time? And every time a weird situation happens, you have a better strategy. If you try to deal with all the issues the second they come up, you burn out so fast and you have no life. So, Joe, how many times a week would you say that I say the words, bring it Monday? 
Yeah, we do that a lot just to make sure we reiterate. Here's what went wrong. Here's what went right. How do we capitalize on good things? Did you How say do we reiterate? Reiterate, yeah. Yeah. Sounded like reiterate. I kind of stumbled through it a little. That's okay. So, yeah, and we do a lot of, like, good and, like, what went right? How do we capitalize? What went wrong? How do we fix that and grow from there, which is good. I mean, we always want to remind people of when they're doing something right, and we always want to remind the team where there's places for and improvement. And, you know, what's so maddening is doing the same thing over and over again. And when you have a team, you forget who you tell things to. Sure. And you just assume that because I told Jen that X, Y, Z has to be done from now on the day before, I can't assume that Jen told the whole team. So it's the kind of thing where you say, yep, we got to do that the day before, but could you bring that to the meeting on Monday to make sure the whole team Gets understands the, same page, the yeah. new policy? So anytime you make any change in communication, you need that regular meeting, whether it's monthly or weekly or every other week. You need that time blocked to implement change. Otherwise, you you seriously feel like you you're losing your darn mind. D a r n. D a r n mind. <laughs> Anyways, well, this is great info. Yeah, I think this is good, and I think that learning to present things is vitally important for anyone who is in any sort of client facing role, and especially when upselling is becoming part of the job of just the general dentist, hygienists, and whatnot. Absolutely. And your patients want to know what you have to offer them. They yeah. want to they want to know what their options are, what their ideal situation is, and what they what they really need to do right now and what they can put off a little bit, the more elective stuff. They deserve to know those things. And so you really have to give your team a process to follow mm. when you're presenting treatment. So I mean, just train your team, look for these opportunities, who, what, where, when, why, how. Mm-hmm. Just get in the habit of communicating with those things and get your team very comfortable with communication. If there's anything that you do, you want to know how people are feeling, what they're thinking, both on your team and your patients. And your patients can sense that openness. They can sense that true team trust. That's what we'll call it. True team trust. Kind three of T's. Tongue twister. Another T3. Three, T3. <laughs> <laughs> true team trust. They can sense that and they kind of want to be a part of it. Yeah. Then they can be more vulnerable because they see you being open and having relationships as a team. When you walk into that really sterile environment where people only speak like this and they only speak when they're spoken <laughs> to and, and everything is white yeah. and, they, and they're so perfect, it sometimes makes it more difficult to just be people. Yeah, very profound. Thanks. Cool. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast, guys, and we will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye, guys.